Hi, I'm Isabella. And I'm Jeff. We're two Asian Australians who want to explore what it means to be Asian in the West. And you're listening to As I Am. Yeah, we've only actually done two episodes in person, so this feels wild, but happy to be here. How have you been, Jeff? What's been uh, It's, look, we haven't recorded in a very long time. No. I think the old episodes we recorded over lockdown, but the last couple of weeks, we've obviously both been super busy with work. Mm-hmm. I was feeling a bit burnt out, I can't lie. Uh, I think I'm lucky in the sense that burnout can be fixed with just like a lot of sleep. And I think the last couple of days... I've gotten a lot more sleep because I was like, I was trying to, I, I think the last two months I was like, I'm going to wake up at six. Why would you do that? Because it was like, I was training, oh, uh, I was true. training more. Um, for those of you at home, I recently started training Muay Thai. So impressive. We'll do an episode in the future about <laughs> it because I think there's, uh, I think as some of you may know, I found out I was part Thai, very small, but Muay Thai has felt like a way to sort of connect with that culture and it's actually been a really good experience that way. Mm. So we'll do a future episode on that. So waking up at six and then like trying to adjust to it. And you know when like your body does, but your mind doesn't necessarily follow. Yeah. So it's like your body wakes up and it feels fine, but your mind's just like, ugh. Yeah. Just like a bit of a sludge. But otherwise, enjoying that, I'm on break. I've got some extra time off. Excited to be recording again, especially yeah. in person. Oh, welcome to my new apartment. How have you been, Isabella? I'm good. I, um... Yeah, look, similarly, I feel like I have experienced burnout this past year. It has been a hectic year, I think, but I don't know. I feel like things like this, the podcast, and I think reminding myself the importance of this work really keeps me going. And like, as Jeff said, super excited to be back. And I think Jeff and I are really excited to you know show you guys what we have in store for 2022, whether that's through more community outreach and engagement and yeah, just keeping up with this podcast. And I, I think just reminding ourselves, you know, why we started this passion project in the first place. And I think that's something that I always go back to, you know, just how rewarding it is on a personal level, but also on a professional level as well. So it's been good. But, you know, I feel like when people ask me, how are you? I used to do that thing where I'd be like, oh, how are you though? Like emotionally. Yeah, how, how are you really? Spiritually. <laughs> how are you really? And I've been good. I think it's one of those things where, you know, I quite like this period of time because it's often this time where you can actually reflect mm-hmm. on the year that was. I did that thing where I looked up, um, you know, this Google searches and review those videos they have where it's like you know these right so no. google releases like year in review and like they essentially like do like a really quick video of all the things that like people have been searching on the google database oh right yeah youtube does the same thing youtube rewind yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's trash it's gotten, no. it's gotten so bad lately. no the google one is super sentimental i don't know i'm quite emotional so i cry a lot and yeah i watched that this morning and it was so still so harrowing how much covid has still impacted and is still impacting so many countries and communities and people and yeah it was a very emotional video you should mm. definitely watch it though yeah I check it out it. but you know i think that leads in nicely to you know what jeff and i want to talk about today which is the new year and specifically you know the asian traditions that we partake in and how that contrasts to you know 
traditional Western concepts of New Year, you me. Even is that even a Western concept? I don't even know. But... I feel like it's a Western concept. Yeah. It sounds. <laughs> I don't think any Asian person going New Year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super individualistic, and um, yeah, you know, any particular traditions that we partake in, and you know, this contrast as well between Chinese New Year and Lunar New Year, I find that divide quite interesting. But um, first question that I'd like to ask you, Jeff, how do you actually spend your holidays? And the new year in particular. Uh, so, Christmas isn't big in my family. Um, neither is Easter. What are the other ones? Well, obviously we don't do Thanksgiving here. It's all Christian tradition. Yeah, right? to be honest, like we don't really celebrate them in the true sense. It's more about just a, an excuse to like hang out, eat a lot, all that sort of stuff. Which I feel like is part of the the tradition of these different holidays. But specifically, the only thing we really celebrate hard are all the lunar holidays. So those are the main ones that we celebrate and the ones that we actually uphold the traditions in. The Western ones, not so much, but Mm. always nice to get a day off, et cetera, et cetera. What about you? Similar to you, Lunar New Year is huge in my family. And that's probably the only big celebration that we partake in very, very seriously. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. (laughs) Do you have New Year's resolutions? Okay, I have goals. Um, Isn't that what a New Year's resolution yes, is? Yes, but I don't like the packaging of New Year's resolutions. I yeah. feel like New Year's resolutions always fail. Like yeah. I never, I don't think I know anyone who's actually succeeded in fulfilling the New Year's resolution. So I tend to kind of like change that packaging into like, ooh, it's like my goal. Often I think mine are oriented around, I mean, obviously it changes from year to year, but I often find that my resolutions in the last couple of years have been focused around well-being, whether that's mental well-being, physical well-being. Something that I really want to do next year though is be more consistent with my yoga. I feel like okay. I, I love yoga. I find it very therapeutic, but it's something that I just, I go in phases where I do it like so often and for such a long period of time and then I just stop completely and then I'd pick it up again and there's no consistency there. Mm. So that's probably my new resolution. What about you, Jeff? Um, like you, I'm also very goal orientated. I wish I was more habit orientated because yeah. uh, I was watching a video, Big Think, good YouTube channel. But essentially they were saying if you set goals, you're consistently in a state of failure until yeah. you reach the goal Yeah. versus a habit. Say for example, it's like, you want to run 10Ks, like that. that's your goal. Until you run 10Ks, you haven't run 10Ks. Mm. Instead, if you set a habit to say, I want to run three times a week. Mm. Every single week, I'm going to do that. Regardless of the distance, you go out, you run one kilometer three times a week, you hit your goal. And that's a bit more of a positive way of trying to build a positive habit in your life and mm. try and build a positive goal. I unfortunately don't respond well to i'm very much like a negative reinforcement can come from you know you can draw all kinds of parallels with the upbringing and tiger mom culture and all that sort of stuff but yeah i like to hit goals and i think this year was this year was a good year actually um there's a lot of stuff obviously with the pod Mm. it was around diversifying uh how i exercise it was about moving out and becoming financially independent a lot of stuff to do with work, kicking goals there. I haven't actually thought about what next year is going to look like too much. I mm. think normally I use this period between Christmas and the new year to work it out. But I, yeah, I haven't actually sat down to think about it. There are a few things floating around, but I think I need to sit down. But like, truth be told, I love New Year's resolutions. Yeah, They anchor me to something. I don't necessarily have to hit 100% of them to feel mm. good. 
but to know that there is a written list in my phone of things that I want to do always helps. And, you know, when you approach the new year, I think a piece of advice that I got that was really good is you always overestimate what you can achieve in a day, but you Mm. always underestimate what you can achieve in a year. So Mm. setting those goals isn't necessarily a bad thing. You don't have to push yourself every single day. Just having them as an anchor uh, for you to work towards, I think is always uh, something that's really helpful. See, that honestly gives me a bit of anxiety. Just like having a list, (laughs) having a list of things that you want to achieve from the year before And I just, I don't know, the thought of going, like, you know, looking on December 31st at your notes app on your phone (laughs) to a list of things you just have not achieved. That to me, that failure, I could not stomach. But I'm curious though, like, do you think this concept of this new year, new me is overrated? Or do you think that is anchored in a really positive notion? Uh, Truthfully, I want to say it's overrated because I don't think a new year is like a reset button. It's not like everything that you've done or failed to do just completely goes away in the new year. I think the mentality works for some people, Mm. but I don't believe in it as a notion of it's like towards the end of the year, you're just thinking, oh, maybe I'll do it next year. That type of thing. It's just like, I'm already, you know, Mm. three months out from the rest of the year. What's the point in trying? I'm just going to do it next year. I think that notion of that, it resets your goals and it resets your habits and all that sort of stuff. It's like a fresh start. I think that is quite overrated and I don't think it's a healthy notion to adopt mm. um, because it gives you a way out. In yeah, a ways. And if you're trying to work towards something, I think it should be a slow and gradual process. And, you know, in the age of instant gratification, where we obsess over fast results, whether it's from a social perspective, from a financial perspective, the idea that like you have to slowly work towards some things can be overrated. Like my cousin is a big example. He's 35 and he's just constantly trying to find like fast ways to get, to get rich. And he just Mm. doesn't think about like, Oh, I have to slowly work at something. He just sort of resets and he Mm. starts something new and he thinks that's going to be successful. So in my view, I think it's always healthy to sort of treat it as a long process to work towards something. Sometimes things can happen overnight and that is awesome. But I think you shouldn't treat like new year, new me as a thing where it's just like, I got a fresh start. I think it should be an ongoing process um, that you're always constantly trying to improve yourself. But obviously, like, that's my opinion. What do you think? No, I I would agree with that. I think the only positive, not the only positive, but I think the prevailing positive I find about new year, new me is just this enduring resilience of people to always constantly find that like, fuck, like, this is a new start. I'm going to be better. And I just love how every year brings out this new attitude that everyone wants to improve themselves. And I find that quite inspiring. The idea that people are always constantly, I mean, we all want to improve ourselves, right? Like we all want to be, we want to aspire to be the best versions of ourselves. And I do love the optimism that comes with a new year. You know, it's like new beginnings, new chapters, a new leaf. I find that very optimistic and I find that quite inspiring, but I think you're right though, Jeff. Like I think it often leads to this rabbit hole where you know does that lead to complacency does that lead to unhealthy habits where things aren't sustainable but i do i don't know i'm a bit of optimist i do Mm. love this refreshing notion that everyone's like you know what i want to be a better person than Mm. i was in 2021 yeah i think what we're what you're trying to see right now what you're hearing is two different viewpoints on it i think Mm. isabel as you were saying you're a bit more of an optimist i'm very much a realist that likes 
punishment and negative reinforcement <laughs> to achieve things um, and this is a constant struggle that um, yeah. uh, like, like a butting heads that I have with Zoe my partner who is very much similar to you she's very much like I need positive mm. reinforcement to do something well whereas like I'm just like you're a piece of shit Jeff like you just need to like do something and that that's like what keeps me going so I think like the moral of the story is there's different approaches you know? wait I want to unpack that yeah so do you find like corporal punishment and parenting effective oh I know that's a big question. This is a whole lot of words. I'm not ready for this. this is like the first episode of the year. Um, maybe not. Maybe we I think the, well, Look, I, I actually would love to do a parenting episode. I yeah. think that would be really interesting. But my long story short is no. Yeah. I don't think it's a better way. But I'm not angry at the fact that that was what was enforced onto mm, me okay. i wasn't necessarily like hit or anything but there was this constantly like push 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 mentality mm. i think the biggest downside for me and the thing that i realized is it's really hard to celebrate your achievements yeah um and to sort of reflect on how what you've achieved because in my mind i'm constantly looking for the next thing mm. um and which is weird because right now like when i was a kid that was the view that was enforced on me. And now when I tell my parents, it's like, I want to do this, I want to do that. They're just like, why don't you settle down a bit? Mm. Like that sort of thing. Like, why don't you work for the government and all that sort of stuff? So it's like high pay, it's safer. So it's really interesting how like now that I'm older, they want this security yeah. versus the approach that was taught to me when I was a bit younger. Because it is true. People who are more easily satisfied live happier lives. Because mm. it's like, you're constantly like, yeah, I'm happy with where I am. Like, mm. you know, like I can just coast, I can just, you know, live my life. I don't have to like full send like my career, my life, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, compared to a person who's just constantly going, 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 going and never satisfied. Like, I do think that's, mm. I think, I do think that's like, that's, that's the truth. Oof, that's interesting. Yeah. But we'll Anyways, do a parenting episode. Yes, we'll, yes. Yeah. Be, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll, we'll add that one to the list. We'll add that one to the list. Um, uh, but uh, question for you as well. And I think we've already hinted at this. Do you prefer New Year's or Lunar New Year? Oh. And why? 110% Lunar New Year. Yeah. I think for me, it's just because of how it's been celebrated in my family and just the pure cultural significance that Lunar New Year has, particularly in Vietnam, which is where my family's from. And I don't know, I think for me, Lunar New Year is always a, you know, a time of family a time to eat good food, a time mm. to celebrate, a time for a lot of money, money. red pocket money. <laughs> so in my head, it's always been associated with like a lot of optimism, a lot of positivity. And often I find that the new year often marks as like the new year for me. Like even though I partake in, you know, the Western tradition of like, you, you me, I'm setting a goal. I'm going to do this for the 2022. I actually often find I'm a lot more intentional about my year ahead when I'm actually celebrating Lunar New Year. So when I'm going to the temple, when I'm like praying or whatever, you know, wishing for like a good new year, whatever. That's when I would find myself reflecting a lot more on what I want to achieve. So 100% Lunar New Year, I think, for the reasons I've said above, you know, family festivities, but also the fact that, I don't know, I actually find that the Lunar New Year carries a lot of just um, cultural traditions to it that I actually think are missing a lot in the traditional Western New Year. What about you though, Jeff? Like, do you agree? Or? Oh, 100%, yeah. 100%. Number one, money. Number two, <laughs> money. Number three, money. Is this like... 
When you go to those so big much family money. outings so and you, you just like money. some random auntie comes up to you and just like hands you like 20 bucks, you're like, thanks, man. Oh, like, man. I've never met you in my oh, life. Oh, my God. And uh, I'll give you money. And it's like, okay, money is not the main reason about Chinese New Year. But it, as a kid, that was sort of like the thing you looked forward to. Yeah. Um, but on a more serious note, I think it almost it not, doesn't feel like a cultural reset, but it feels like this moment where you're really sort of aligned on a tradition that's not only celebrated now, but has been for hundreds yeah. of years. And that connection to culture that you can chat about with your family during Chinese New Year. It's like, what did your grandparents do when they were your age, like celebrating New Year? Like what traditions were there? Mm. What traditions mm. have sort of changed and morphed? And like, it makes me really happy to know that not much has changed, uh, at least in my family. Like the way we do it mm. is very similar. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of laughs and there's a lot of traditions that you carry out, whether it's praying to your ancestors and, um, you know, giving them some food as well so that they can live it up in the afterlife. Like all these things I, I truly love. And yeah, it's just a great time to celebrate with the family as well. And it's also more contagious because my parents don't give a shit about New Year's. Yeah. Like it's for them. It's like, uh, yeah. A lot of the time they, they are always sitting at home, maybe watching the fireworks, yeah. but other than that it's just another day for them yeah, yeah. And that's the thing like what are the new year traditions like fireworks that, and that's it right whereas getting, i feel getting like, like blind drunk yeah <laughs> right whereas doing I feel the like... countdown thing <laughs> whereas i feel like um often with the lunar new year there's there's a really big um i don't know a spiritual connection i think mm. often to you know your family no your family sorry but your ancestors and i think it's it's this carrying on this line of tradition that i think um carries a lot of weight and I think that to me, yeah, is what I think makes Lunar New Year so special. And obviously, you know, growing up with it as well, I think you have those childhood memories um, that do reflect just like how festive it is, which I think has just carried on. And it's, yeah, like you're right. It's been so cool to kind of see how these traditions just stay the same, you mm. know, year after year, generations after generations. Um, so that's amazing. But I'd, I'd love to know though, like why in particular is significant about Lunar New Year for your family? Like, do you do anything that's particularly you know, culturally significant or special to you? Uh, we make dumplings. Mm. That, is a, that is a big one. Because jiaozi. Is that right? Jiaozi. Jiaozi. Yeah, because, you know, um, dumplings are shaped like ingots, which was like mm. the, the currency yeah. um, in, in a lot of Asia. And so that part has always been fun for me. My grandparents were the ones that first taught me how to cook and dumplings was one of the first things. Oh, that's nice. And it's... I think when you just as just as a side note, if you want to understand the complexity that is Asian cuisine and for me Chinese cuisine, learn how to make dumplings. The amount of technique that is in dumplings is insane. Mm. Like it, like when you go out and you have like dumpling and BYO, and it's like it's Take a ni- nine dollars <laughs> for a plate of dumplings. You really understood like the amount of work that goes into yeah. it. Nine dollars is amazing value, yeah. but yeah, um, for us. There's not really anything that deviates from, I think, what a lot of other families celebrate. The dumplings thing, having a lot of food. There's always like a certain few dishes that our family serves. There's this one, I actually don't know the name of it, but there's like liver, heart, and a bunch of other things. And you have to eat one of each. So, Mm. and there's there's also like pig's feet and it's all in the same dish. And you have to eat one of each because each represents 
something that will bring you fortune from memory. Right. I don't know if that's... I actually haven't talked to anyone. I don't know if that's something that exists um, for other families. But for us, that is probably like the mainstay. Mm. What about you? Yeah. Um, I feel like... I guess the first thing to establish though, right, is that Lunar New Year is like a very long... Oh, story. yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's very long. long. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, not just, it's not just New Year's where it's like, you know, the countdown and it's over. Yeah. It, it spans... Actually, I think like... 15 days? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Actually, like technically it's 15 days. Um, I think our family wouldn't like do the whole 15 days because that's a lot. Yeah. I think we just do like the... Like, what's the most important one? I think uh, it's, like, the first... it's Lunar New Year Eve. Yes, that's, that's the, the that's the big yeah, one, and the one. then there's the seventh day. Yes, and then the fifteenth. I always forget about the rules, honestly. Yeah. I yeah, I'm getting. I feel like I used to be better when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I'm starting to forget things as well. Um, but yeah, you know, that kind of like was going to my point of you know the traditions that we partake in because it spans like so many different days. Um, often we go to the temple and pray to our ancestors, and. That coincides often with like the first day of the new year, but the eve of the new year, so Lunar New Year Eve, often um, we do like our own little little shrine to our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So we call it gum, which essentially means like to pray. And yeah, my dad does this whole thing where you know, we'll set up this table, we'll have like amazing fruits, right? Mango, like dragon fruit, all these like amazing, amazing foods out for our ancestors, um, have incense and everything. And then my dad will light this incense and he will be the first one to pray almost to welcome the ancestors to our home because he's kind of the eldest in the family and mind you this tradition is very much um confined to the nuclear family so he'll pray first and then after that with my mom and the me and my little sister and i don't know i actually find that night very very not emotional but i actually find it quite moving because i feel like often it's like you know one of the very few times where i pray i I actually Mm. i don't pray right like technically my family's buddhist but not really and even then you know the times i have prayed have really been when i visited my you know grandparents um oh my god how do you call people who've been cremated in their shrines uh, uh yeah. t- I, I don't know actually. i don't know but essentially you know my, my parents my grandparents have been cremated and they're at the temple so whenever it's like their death anniversary which is like a big deal in vietnamese culture we'd go up to the temple and pray to them and that's the only other time i'd really pray the the other time would be the new year and yeah i actually find it to be a very moving process because i don't really pray Mm. and i think it's like you know one of those moments where you kind of like you catch yourself feeling quite spiritual and i think that's something that i actually don't tap into quite often so Mm. i quite love it actually because i think it's a way for me to almost like connect with my ancestors Mm. so to speak um and i think it's a tradition that i'd love to carry on so that's a really big thing in my family but then yeah it's the food it's the it's the lisi so that's like the what would he call in chinese uh well mandarin is li shi so quite similar li si li shi there we go oh, actually it's so, more similar to cantonese in cantonese we say lai si oh there you so go it's very, it's very similar there you yeah, go yeah, yeah. but yeah red pocket money um but yeah it's i think it's a really beautiful celebration and yeah the money though that's all that matters it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah just don't get married and then you don't never have to like give yeah. money to people and the logic of it works so well because it's the idea is that like if you give money to younger people like that is good luck on your behalf mm. so the more money you give the more luck you have yeah. and then it's just it's just everyone wins everyone yeah, wins yeah, yeah it's amazing um i 100 percent agree on the praying to your ancestors bit i am 
not traditional whatsoever. Yeah. Technically, my family is Buddhist as well. Yeah. Uh, but that period of time where... Because the idea is your ancestors, they never die. Mm. They're always around. They're always watching over you. And through this process of providing them an offering and lighting incense, it gives you an actually an opportunity to communicate them with them. Yeah. Obviously, no one's talking back to you, but... I think in that process of where you're sort of giving for us, it's like we always, I always give um, an update on my life. Mm. It's just like what I've done in the past year and all that sort of stuff. So even though I've never met a lot of like my great grandparents, all that sort of stuff, whenever I do this, I do actually feel like I'm speaking with them. And there's always a little photo and it does feel like really emotional, right? Like I've literally never met some of these people, but I feel like this consistent tradition and ritual where we, we give them updates on our lives and we, hope that they watch over us like that is very meaningful to to me and my family so i 100 percent agree on that yeah um so i cooked it just before (laughs) and it was perfect because um the last thing we want to chat about is the signification of lunar new year yeah Um, so i called it chinese new year because out of literally a knee-jerk reaction it's just like i can't help it It, embarrassingly enough like that is just how i've known it for a majority of my life and i mean until the last probably seven eight years mm. and it's still trying to uh, unlearn that notion because it's not just china that celebrates mm. lunar year it's anyone that uses the lunar calendar mm. and i guess we want to talk about like what is going on with this whole notion I know. Of, like I this know. association and just like beyond chinese new year just this association that china is asia Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I I was gonna say, so I feel like every time someone says to me, "Oh, Happy Chinese New Year," or I read an email from a corporation that's like, "Oh, Chinese New Year, what's all we're doing?" or something like that. You know, often like businesses. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That to me is like analogous to the situation where someone comes up to you and they're like, "Oh, ni hao," assuming that like you're Chinese, right? Like I think to me, Lunar New Year. I think I'm too late. I feel like Lunar Year has been so monopolized by this concept that China is this monolith that is synonymous to Asia, which is completely false, obviously, because I think by calling it Chinese New Year, you do a disservice to, you know, all the other different cultures and countries that do celebrate it, obviously Vietnam, but also South Korea, Thailand, so many other Southeast Asian countries that partake in, you know, traditions associated with the lunar calendar which is why i think that you know i'm this has been my biggest pet peeve i think every time lunar new year comes around i will see so many posts of mm-hmm. like cny or like chinese new year and it's just like you know saying that like i know it's not a big deal obviously people will be like oh it's you know just a typo or i didn't mean it like that but i actually feel like narrative and how we use language is so important because by saying that you implicitly say that, you know, this is a holiday for Chinese people and only for those exclusive in China. And I think that obviously is a really erroneous notion. I think that really does a disservice to the long and, you know, rich traditions that are seen in a lot of Southeast Asian countries. So, yes, long story short, we often forget. And I think this is something that the West partakes in as well. I feel like often the discourse is Chinese New Year and I think we need to be a lot more aggressive and active in, you know, kindly telling someone that it's actually Lunar New Year. That's probably the most appropriate way to actually categorize this holiday. And, you know, I feel like that in itself is something that we should aspire to, right? It should be about inclusion and diversity. And I think to say Chinese New Year really dilutes the richness of the Lunar New Year traditions. So that's my that's my hot take on Lunar New Year and the signification of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I absolutely agree. And it's like, I think one thing that would be 
really cool is also just to, or even even for for us, just to understand like what the different traditions actually are. Yeah, exactly. I think there's this idea that like, oh, there's a certain few things they do. I think a lot of people understand that we get money and that's what a lot of time they're jealous about. But I think there is a lot of nuance to how different countries celebrate Lunar New Year. So let us know how you celebrate Lunar New Year, like what those different traditions are, because I love to learn. Mm. Maybe we'll put out a bit of an infographic to understand like, all right, what are the differences um, what makes each way of celebration unique? Because yes, we are all celebrating, but there are lots of different ways to do it. Yeah. And you do a disservice to Asia as a whole, right? It's not... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it goes to the point that Asia isn't a monolith. Likewise, Lunar New Year shouldn't be a monolith as well or Chinese New Year. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's a tradition that is shared by so many different cultures and countries and we should celebrate that accordingly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, that's... The first episode. Um, <laughs> first episode back. We're very much looking forward to recording in person. I think this is... I'm not going to lie. This is much this, easier. This is really, really fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's much easier. I think yeah. there's always um, there's always a bit of a lag when you do it over yeah. Zoom. And obviously, we might have to do it sometimes. But I think now that restrictions are off here in Melbourne, um, we can actually do this in person. It's actually really nice. And we can actually do this filming thing in yes, person. Yes. Uh, maybe YouTube's out next time. Actually, yeah. We I'll might just upload it. this to YouTube. So if you want to see this on YouTube, let us know. Um, but as always, if you enjoyed this episode, you enjoy this content, uh, give us a like, give us a follow on Spotify and all the other platforms. Uh, and then we'll catch you guys in the next one. See you later. Bye. Bye.